Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, DBTPFL. It's Tuesday. It's April 12th. It is 2022. We have nine NBA games. Ha, just kidding. MLB games to talk about. I I said that because I wasn't here for the last basketball podcast. And it was kind of like, eh, I th- thought it'd be funny, but eh, maybe not. <laughs> anyway, joined today by my good buddy, Genie for 07. Grant, what's happening, my friend? Ah, not much had COVID for the last week, but still been betting on baseball and it's been going pretty darn well. It's, it's it's good to have it back. NBA regular season is finally over. So, you know, what? life's not too bad. Yeah, it's like that, like really good time of the year where baseball has started, basketball playoffs is going and and the NASCARs are going around in circles. So um, good times. I, might, I finally got like one of my first um, 10 to one, like, plus outright winners this weekend nascar is nice so nice it only took like seven weeks that's not good but nine baseball games um i mean let's just jump right into it so we get started with milwaukee at baltimore we got eric lauer going up against wells this game has a nine total on most books and the Brewers are a 165 favorite. So let's start with Eric Lauer here. You know, obviously both of these guys lefties. Um, any interest in Lauer? I mean, I would, but he's sitting at 9.1K. I just don't think that's a low enough price tag for me to really want to go with him. Obviously, it's a good matchup going up against Baltimore. They don't have a ton of lefties, which Eric Lauer is a bit reverse splits. 24.7% K rate versus righties. And this overall is a high strikeout lineup. I wouldn't argue with it, but it's, uh, he's probably a guy that I'm going to stay away from at this price. I mean, we don't know how long the leash is going to be on almost any of these guys. So paying up on pitching is a little bit tough at this point in the season with the shortened spring trading. So I'm probably out on him. Again, he could end up with six, seven Ks and five innings going up against this team, but I'm still a little bit hesitant to pay 9.1K for him when I don't know if he's going to go much more than like 70 pitches, 80 pitches. And he didn't get a full spring training either because he had the groin issue. Um, so he is one that I'm definitely hesitant about paying 9,100 for in this spot. So, you know, for me, 
I'm, I'm with you. I don't mind the spot because the strikeout upside is, is certainly there, especially looking at this Baltimore lineup. They're a very heavy, heavy strikeout team. And unless we get like some type of pitch limit where, oh, he's going to go 85 plus pitches in this spot. Well, all right. Well, now I'm way more, you know, interested at 9,100. And then on the other side, Alexander Wells, um, it, we'll, we'll likely see the same type of lineup that we saw yesterday for this Milwaukee team because they faced, uh, was it Zimmerman? And he's a lefty. Yeah. So, you know, we have a very small sample size on Alexander Wells, but he has been absolutely terrible against righties. You know, absolutely terrible. So I think you're with me on saying probably not going there. I mean, he is 4K, I think, last time I checked there. Um, yeah, he's 4K. But still, I mean, I, I mean, Milwaukee hasn't been great so far. Um, they are a high strikeout team. Like, honestly, at this point in the season, I'm not going to argue with many pitchers, but every, every, every single metric that you have on Wells is he's hot garbage. He is just absolutely hot, hot garbage. And even though Milwaukee's been bad, I still think I can do it, even at 4K. Yeah, even at this price, um, I just don't think I can pull the trigger. I I don't know, right? Because when you're looking at – if you look at the Milwaukee lineup that they played yesterday, they had five guys that had strikeout rates over 29% against lefties since the start of last season. So maybe he's 4K. Maybe you just roll the dice. Um and there's really not great pitching on the slate. I mean, there's definitely not great. And all the good pitching is going up against very good hitting lineups. It's it's a weird, interesting slate. But, I mean, I'd, I'd probably rather take shots on other guys at cheap price tags and tough matchups than Wells just being awful. Yeah, I mean, this isn't a guy that was even – he didn't even make the opening day lineup and he got called back up already, so – um, all right, let's talk some bats here because I think the bats are, are definitely the juicier part of this game. Um, ton of interest in Renfro, ton of interest in McCutcheon, um, Adamus Kane, if he's in the lineup, um, he's interesting. What are we looking at here from Milwaukee? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of just whoever ends up cracking the lineup. So we already talked about it. Wells is terrible versus right. He's just absolutely atrocious. 127 play appearances last year. And he had 388 Woba against to go along with the 254 ISO. He's just bad. So guys that absolutely mash right. He's McCutcheon, Adamas, Renfro, Taylor, if he's in the lineup or so, if he's in the lineup, both of those guys are super cheap, even though they might get pinch hit for it's against a very, very bad lefty. So like, you can make this a pretty cheap stack depending on who ends up getting into the lineup here. I mean, and everyone up at the top just isn't that expensive. Renfro is the most expensive riding in this lineup, most expensive bat outside of Yelich, and he's only 4700 So this is probably going to be one of the chalkier stacks on the slate, and it's well worth it, I think. The other side of this game, the Baltimore hitters here, you know, looking at yesterday, I, I had a ton of interest um, – in Hauser, he got squeezed a couple times and it messed up my strikeout prop on him. But yeah. at the end of the day, you know, this is a different spot because we got a lefty going up against this lineup. There's a lot of strikeouts, but we got Mancini, we got Mount Castle, we got Santander, we got a nice little core 
that have some really good power. If Hayes gets moved up in the lineup, like we have a lot of power with potential in this lineup. Yeah, I really don't mind the mini stack with uh, Santander, Hayes, and then one of Mountcastle or Mancini. I mean, Mancini's far too cheap at 2900 Mountcastle is probably too cheap at 3700 Santander is probably a little bit too cheap at 3700 Hayes is probably priced where he should be at 4100 I mean, these are all guys that hit lefties pretty well. And I know Lauer's a little bit reverse split, strikes out righties at a pretty heavy clip. That's kind of all he can do. Um, gives up a lot of fly balls to righties, gives up a lot of hard contact. So for fantasy purposes, it's really not bad. I mean, I think my favorite is probably going to be Hayes with his low strikeout rate if he moves up in the lineup. And Mancini, who's just – I. Why is he still 2,900? Why was he ever 2,900? I mean, I feel like it's just one of those like random start of the season type of things because um, it doesn't make a ton of sense. Makes no sense. And I mean, he faced a lefty yesterday, so you can't even say, oh, it's probably because they had him, you know, but that, it doesn't make any sense. So um, I love Mancini's price. I think he's going to be very popular, especially if you're trying to like play Darvish on this slate. I think he's going to be someone that we're definitely looking at. And then honestly, like when we're looking at the numbers and we're like digging in here, Santander just when he makes contact, he crushes the ball against lefties. So, like if we're chasing ceiling type upside, Santander at thirty seven hundred is just someone that, especially if he bats like in the meat of that lineup, and if he's batting in between Mancini and Mountcastle, like it just it makes for a cheaper stack if you want to kind of pay up somewhere. Yep. All right, we got Toronto at New York. Kikuchi against Cortez, 10 total in this game. Big total. Um, most books have Yankees minus 115. Fandle, I think, points bet have is at 120. Um, so either way, Yankees a slight favorite in this one. So let's start here with Kikuchi going into New York facing the Yankees. Uh, any interest here in you say Kikuchi? I mean... Like, again, this isn't a great slate for pitching, so I don't think I'd argue with it. I mean, he's a solid overall pitcher, like 25% K rate above average XFIP. Um, definitely better versus lefties than versus righties. And he's probably going to face two lefties. Hopefully Gallo's in the lineup. That should up his upside a little bit. But, I mean, it's just such a tough matchup. 5.2 implied run total for the Yankees here. He's sitting at 8.8K or 8.6K. I think I have more interest over on the other side with Cortez because this is just like, there's a reason there's a 10 total. This is two of the best hitting teams, like easily the two best hitting teams probably in the league. They just absolutely mash. And I mean, Kikuchi runs on the right side of home run to five ball variants. Maybe he can end up getting there. And again, this is bad of pitching slate, but I don't know if I'll end up making any of my builds. Yeah, he runs on the grid side of it, maybe. But, I mean, he's facing the Yankees in Yankee Stadium, so. I mean, Manoa just <laughs> is shutting him out through, like, seven. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's it's obviously possible. So, you know, it, it's just – it's you're looking at a team that sh- has a really good strikeout rate as far as wanting to attack them. But the flip side of it is you're looking at a team that combined has, like, a 44% hard hit rate. Um, yep. And – when you're when you're choosing pitchers, it's boom bust. I mean, it's going to be that way against the Yankees all season. You're going to have really good outings, like we saw, you know, on Monday, and then you're going to have ones where I mean, they're just going to mash the ball against your guys. So, uh, the other side of this game, Cortez, a lefty, going up against this very, very, very right-handed heavy lineup. Um, big strikeout pitcher, 
you know, against a team that does not have a ton of strikeouts in it, Grant. Yeah, but I still think I have some interest just interest just because of his price tag. 7,700 for a guy that strikes out guys at a 28% clip. I know that he's better versus lefties than he versus, versus righties, but still, I mean, this is this is a tough matchup here. He could end up giving up five home runs. He could end up giving up zero home runs and putting up 25 points here. Uh, I like the price tag. I don't like pitchers on this slate. He's it right in the zone with a few other guys that I'm considering, but he's definitely still on my list. I know that Toronto is one of the toughest hitting lineups, maybe probably the toughest hitting lineup in all of baseball. Like they're good. They're stacked all the way top to bottom. But Cortez, like the price tag, the slate, everything in a vacuum, he he makes a pretty decent play with some all right upside here. So I, I will have Cortez a decent amount in my play, player pool in this spot just because of the strikeout upside, hoping, hoping that he keeps the ball in the ballpark. And it's only 67 degrees, which will probably help a little bit. I mean, I think it's fair to say we could see either one of these pitchers getting 20 or negative 10. Yep. I mean, I think that's the the range of outcome, I I think, for either one of these pitchers. So let's talk the bats here. Obviously, you know, we kind of alluded to it when we were talking about the pitching, but, you know, Cortez, 52% fly ball rate against righties since the start of last season. He's going to face Springer, Bichette, Vlad, Oscar uh, Chapman's in this lineup. Like there's a lot of good righties that hit lefties really well. Yeah. This is kind of the case to be made for playing wells in the lineup. Cause he has 4k. Like this is the reason why the only reason why he's in consideration. I mean, Vlad, Bichette, Springer, Teoscar, Chapman, Guriel, all these guys can take him out of the ballpark here. I mean, look at the ISOs. We have five guys, six guys over 200 versus lefties. And Cortez is a guy that's going to strike you out or put the ball up in the air. So, again, this is the spot where I consider Cortez. But on the other side, absolutely home run hunt. Any of those guys can easily take the ball ballpark. Or you can stack them up. I mean, Blue Jays are pretty hot right now. And they're a good enough hitting lineup where I know they're expensive. But every single one of their price tags are probably merited. That's the fantastic thing about baseball. And we talk about it, you know, throughout the season. But you can easily make lineups where you have Blue Jays stacks and you can make other lineups where you have Cortez. Um, and it's the hedge life, but in baseball, fantasy baseball with the variants and everything, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's, it it's hedge life, but it's not entirely that like, it's not, not in, yeah. fully hedging. You're playing, you're playing odds like Toronto, maybe 10% owned and they have a 12% chance of being the winning lineup. Therefore it's a good play. Cortez maybe 4% owned, but he has an 8% chance of being one of the best pitchers on the slate. Means that he, he's probably one of the best plays on the slate in that scenario. I'm not saying he is today, but I'm saying in that scenario. So you just kind of have to go off of like the probability of outcomes. This isn't basketball. This isn't any other more predictable sport. There is a giant range of outcomes because on any given day, my trout can be outscored by a guy that pinch hit and is the worst hitter in baseball. Like it's not, it's a range of outcomes. So Cortez is could give up runs, but he's going to get strikeouts. Let's just hope he gets less runs if you're playing him. Or if you're playing Toronto, let's hope he gives up more home runs. Safe to say the same thing for the other side of this game, the Yankees. Um, You know, one interesting thing is like LeMahieu, a a guy that like mashed lefties last year did not. 
Uh, he he really struggled to even – he just struggled to get the ball up against lefties last year. Um, he had a 52% ground ball rate. So maybe he's someone that, like, early in the season you kind of hope, you know, he worked on it in the offseason and he fixed it or – or he's an early season fade in this type of spot. But I think the interesting thing about LeMay, is the price. He's 4,300. Obviously, Judge and Stanton, they have monster upsides. I think the, the, the interesting thing here is, like, if you're stacking the Yankees, Grant, Rizzo Gallo, obviously good lefties, but Kikuchi, just a guy that is very good at limiting the damage against left-handed hitters. Is this a spot where you hope the Yankees stack does really well that you get Kikuchi out early and you still play Rizzo at Gallo, or do you just load up on the righties? I mean, I like Gallo's price tag of 4,200. I mean, the big thing with Kikuchi is he's a big ground ball pitcher uh, versus lefties, and Gallo sitting at, what, a 50% fly ball rate, 50% plus fly ball rate going up against lefties last season. So even with him being in a lefty-lefty matchup, I mean, Gallo, if he hits the ball, he's going to hit the ball far. The strikeout ability of Kikuchi doesn't help, but this early on in the season, I don't think Kikuchi's going to go that late into the game, so I think you can absolutely still play Gallo in your lineup. Obviously, Judge, Donaldson, Stan, LeMayhew, those are the main guys you want to go with, but throwing in Gallo into a stack is not a bad idea at all. Yeah, He's just someone that you know obviously has a ton of upside here. I am interested in Hicks if he cracks the lineup. Um, I would assume he's going to be in the lineup. He's 3K. This is a guy that is much better from the right side of the plate than the left side of the plate. We love to take advantage of these um, switch hitters when they're on the better side. So I really like him. And um, Higgs, man, if if Higgs is in there, um, he's someone that I definitely like at catcher at 3,200. He's a guy that has a lot of power against left-handed pitching. Yeah, yeah, definitely don't mind those two with their price tags. Just a little bit too cheap and it's an easy way to round out a stack. So I'm right there with you. Or the wraparound stack to make your Yankee stack different than everybody else's. So. Yep. All right, we got Miami going to Los Angeles facing the Angels. This game has a nine total. Angels, a 165 favorite. Sandoval against Lazardo. Let's start here with Lazardo. Um, any interest in him in this spot? Yeah, I actually do. I mean, I know that he's a hot mess half the time. You never really know what guy's going to end up coming out there. But, but isn't that over. like pitching in general to start the season? Yeah, well, I feel like he was like that mid-season, <laughs> I know. late season last year. <laughs> no, no, year. I just meant like most pitchers, yeah. we, you know, are that way. Well, yeah, I mean, that's kind of why he's more interesting. That's why I don't really have a ton of interest in paying up for pitching, like with Garcia or Laura, those guys, because um, I can get Lazardo at cheaper price tag. I mean, we'll see what lineup they end up rolling out. They could go a little bit left-handed heavy. They could just go full on righties here. I don't really know with the angels here, but going up against the lefty, I would assume they have to tune out quite a bit of guys. Um, Trout was a late scratch. So if he's out of line, but definitely is a bump up to uh, Lizardo here. So I think they saw the well. I mean, he's above average K rate guy that just can't seem to get his control all the way together, but the angels, a high strikeout lineup, so I don't have any problem with using him. He's probably going to be one of my head for your own pitchers on this slate. He's really interesting, I think, for tournaments because depending on the lineup, like obviously Rendon is going to be in the lineup, but are they going to play Otani? I would assume so, but that, maybe that's an advantage to Lizardo because it's home run or strikeout. Um, if Trout's out of the lineup, like you said, huge upgrade. Um, so if they roll out this left-handed heavy lineup, and I mean, 
huge increase in interest in Lizardo. Um, I'll be paying attention. And I'm sure you will too, to this lineup, because if we get a left-handed heavy, like angels lineup, we're probably going to be pounding that Lizardo prop. Um, it would be a huge spot for him to, you know, pay a pay dividends. So wait and see that lineup. Definitely check that. Um, going to the other side of this game, though, we got Sandoval, who is a lefty as well. He's probably my favorite pitcher on the slate, and I yep. think he's going to be a lot of people's favorite pitcher. If we're just considering price and matchup, I mean, his price is fantastic. His matchup is fantastic. His numbers are solid. Uh, if he can just keep the walks down in this spot, he should he should have no trouble paying off his price tag. Yeah, no, I mean, we look at his numbers. I mean, depends on what lineup they end up rolling out. But I think regardless, it's going to be a high strikeout lineup versus lefties because they really don't have a lot of low strikeout bats um, in Miami. They just gen- general don't have good bats. Um, Sandoval was a 25% K rate guy last year, did struggle with the walks, but a pretty decent ground ball pitcher. Um, they only have a 4.3 implied run total against him, which is one of the lowest on the entire slate. He's sitting under 8K. Yes, he's the top projected pitcher, in my opinion, at least as of right now, on this slate in terms of point per dollar. Yeah, like I said, I, I think he's going to be really popular. And, like, you know, looking at the bats here, you know, shifting gears, who do we really target against him? Solaire? Like, he – Maybe Cooper and Aguilar, but like Solaire, like I think this is a, a really good spot for Sandoval, and these bats are kind of in a tough spot. Yeah, I mean, if you want to do a little bit of a leverage stack going with Solaire, going with Aguilar, um, going with Cooper is not the worst idea in the world. All these guys can hit the ball the ballpark, they're not bad versus lefties, they got some pop. Um, they're all kind of fly ball hitters, which I mean. Sandoval, another big plus to him is he is a big ground ball pitcher. So if you want to do that, it's more based on leverage than anything. It's not a great matchup, but the price tags are all 4.1K and below. So I don't mind that. But, I mean, outside of that, there's really nothing else good in this lineup. Yep. Um, The lineup is just really weak, and there's a ton of strikeouts towards the bottom of this lineup as well. I think that's just one of those spots where – we're kind of rolling the dice, especially this early in the season at this price. Um, the other side, the Angels bats against Lazardo. I mean, I don't mind Rendon if Trout's in there. I don't mind him. Joe Odell is someone that I think he's pretty cheap, right? Um, he's three point eight k. He's been terrible this season so far. Yeah, Stassi at catcher at three seven. I don't think is the worst, but it really just comes down to. Is Trout going to be back in the lineup or not? Um, dealing with this sounds like a little stomach bug. Yeah, no, if Trout's not in the lineup here, then it's definitely a downgrade. I mean, I like Rendon. I like Stassi regardless. I mean, Lazardo can get pretty wild, and so guys may end up being on base. But realistically, Otani and Trout are a little tough to fit both of them into your lineup, so you're probably rounding out your stack with some guy near the bottom of the lineup that's really not great but super cheap. We'll see who ends up getting in there, but – I mean, just on their own accord, Rendon, Stassi, Otani, and Trout all stand out as good plays. Lanzardo going up against righties last year, he had some bad numbers, 261 ISO, 380 WOBA, gave up a lot of fly balls, a lot of hard contact, close to 50%. So I have no problem with any of those guys as a one-off, or if you want to stack them up and you have the money in there, go right ahead. 
dare I throw out a Matt Duffy at second base play at 3,400? He's got some grit. He's got some grit. Remember when we used to play him all the time? What was he? Was he with Tampa? Was it Tampa? Tampa, San Francisco. We used to play him any time he faced a lefty. I think that might have been San Francisco. I don't I can't remember now. I don't know if it was with Tampa or if it was with San Francisco. I can't remember off the top of my head. But I remember that we used to talk about him a lot when he was facing um, left-handed pitching. So, hey, first mention of the year. There you go. Moving on. Washington at Atlanta. Nine and a half total in this game. The Braves, a 155 favorite. We got Corbin going up against Davidson. Let's talk Patrick Corbin first. He's had a start. Now we're getting into some pitchers that have pitched already this year. So, you know, they, they pulled him at – he finished an inning and they they pulled him at 76 pitches. So maybe a little bit longer leash here. Maybe. Um, I think the, the downside to this spot is Atlanta is a team that has some really good righties that face lefties. I don't know if I want Corbin here, but, I mean, it's one of those things, again – Going back to our conversation, he could have some strikeouts, and maybe if he falls on the right side of variance, he he could put up a good game here. Yeah, I mean that could end up happening. But Corbin's also not very good. Um, he's well past. <laughs> Thanks for his summing drive. it up. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he's not a great pitcher. I mean, he's a sub twenty percent K rate guy. The one advantage he does have is he's still a pretty solid overall pitcher to lefties. Doubt Rosario will be in there. Olson will probably be in there, but he's just a hitting batter so i i don't have any interest in corbin he's just past his prime he's over the hill he's not good anymore i mean i stacked the mets against him the other day when was it opening day or whatever um so i have no problem stacking the braves up against him here and we'll get to that yep. in just a second um the other side of this game we got tucker davidson i think he's the back end of this rotation um i don't know if he's like a fifth or sixth starter or how they're doing it with um tucker davison but inno did not last long on monday they had to go to the bullpen kind of early so i think that they're kind of needing davison to come out and have a decent game here and i don't know if it's possible but from what we've seen so far from him in a limited type of role is he's going to generate ground balls and he's not going to get blown up, but what's it going to look like here when he's in the starters role? It's not going to look worth 8.2 K full on fade. Like he's probably not going to go that late into the game. He's not that great of a pitcher. He's a below average strikeout guy. He's an above average walk guy. He's got to get into some trouble, probably get out of it fine, but He's going to work a lot of counts. He's not going to be that late into the game. No way he chases, pays off his 8.2K price tag. And I will say this, like, Davison has a giant ERA from what we've seen from him so far, but his XFIP in Sierra is much lower. It's like two, two points lower, so a little unlucky. But, again, like, he's been unlucky a little bit, but his BABIP's still like 200. So is yeah. he unlucky or is he just a bad pitcher? He's not a good pitcher. I think we <laughs> you need know? to definitively say that. <laughs> I mean, uh, let's talk bats here. The boomstick. We get to talk the boomstick. Nelson Cruz going up against a lefty. Bell, the switch hitter. Um, the good thing about this lineup, Washington, when you're stacking them this season, they have a lot of switch hitters that you like to play that are actually pretty decent from both sides of the plate. So 
I kind of like this game just in general uh, as a potential game stack. What do you like here for Washington? I mean, my, yeah, yeah, they're cheap. Like Cruz is way too cheap at 4,100. Josh Bell, too cheap at 4K. Like Soto, not really a guy that you really want to go out of your way to throw into a stack. Um, going lefty, lefty, but he's absolutely a guy you can at 5.6K just because he's that good of a hitter. We don't know how late Davidson's going to go to the game. He can get a little bit wild. I think Cesar Hernandez is a pretty solid overall play here, probably batting the leadoff. 3,700 is just too cheap for how good of a hitter he is. And then anyone else that makes it into the lineup, you want to round out a cheap stack, that's fine. No one really stands out as a great play outside of the top four of this order. But anyone throwing in to a stack like is going to be super cheap and not a horrible move just as an extra. The Atlanta side of this game, I'm super interested in the Braves um, going right back to the well here against the lefty. Didn't necessarily work out as much as I wanted it to. Um, what are your thoughts here on the Braves? Yeah, I mean, Albies, Riley, Ozuna, Duvall, all Swanson even, Pena if he's in the lineup there, all solid righties going up against Corbin. I mean, Corbin still generates some ground balls, so you want to kind of target more fly ball hitters going up against him, which Albies and Duvall and Riley all fit perfectly in that in Pena. Um, but the hard-hitting righties here, I mean, Corbin, again, over the hill, way past his prime, solid stuff versus lefties, so I don't know if I'm going to throw Olsen into a lineup, especially sitting at 5.3K, but all those righties are just in a beautiful spot here. I can't wait to look at um, Monday's game and look just like, did Rogers run a little lucky? I, that's what I kind of want to see. Um, Cause I mean, he wasn't blowing the ball by anybody. So um, going back to the well here, I love the Braves. Corbin is a guy that gives up home runs and bunches sometimes. So I, I'm loading up on Atlanta. Let's go. Same thing I, I did on Monday. So we got the Dodgers going into Minnesota. Check the weather in this game. Um, that's a potential. It's not baseball season if we don't mention weather at least one time. Nine and a half total in this one, and the Dodgers are a 145 favorite. We got Heaney going up against um, Chris Archer. So let's start here with Andrew Heaney on the road in Minnesota. 8,800, first start of the season. Uh, any interest in Heaney here? Not really. Minnesota is still a pretty solid overall hitting lineup. They have a lot of guys that can hit the ball. Ballpark and Buxton and Correa and Polanco, Ursula, Sanchez, Sano, Kepler, and Heaney's a guy that can strike out a decent amount of guys. Um, but 8.8K in this type of spot, I, I'm not going to argue with him. I'm not going to play him. Just can get beat up too easily here. Always seems to draw a bit of ownership just because of the potential strikeout upside. If he's going to go completely unknown, then yeah, go ahead and do it. But I'm still projecting him, I'm guessing, 10-plus percent ownership. That's something I'm going to end up staying away from. I think there's a lot of potential strikeout upside on the bottom half of this lineup, but to see the second – or to see that, like, bottom the second time through, he's got to be pitching really good and keeping his pitch count down. So, I mean, that's always the concern – at 8,800 in this early in the year. I mean, Chris Archer on the other side of this game, a guy that, like, before he got hurt and had all kinds of issues, we were like, oh, man, this dude, he could be, like, super legit. Um, he won a Cy Young, didn't he? I'm pretty sure he did. Yeah. I think you're right. 
Um, any interest here in Archer? Against the Dodgers, no. <laughs> he is 6.2K, but no, no. Little different than those spots we were talking about earlier, for sure. Um, Archer, good strikeout stuff in very small sample size last year, but I, I don't think this is a spot we're playing Chris Archer against the Dodgers. So let's talk Dodgers bats here. Uh, Trey Turner, Mookie Betts, Freeman, Muncie. I mean, everybody. Like, this well, is a spot. Turner. Yep. Um, Chris Taylor, if he's in the lineup. Lux, if he's in the lineup. Ballinger's cheap. Yeah, it's the Dodgers. I know I mentioned that Toronto and New York are two of the best hitting lamps in the league. Well, Dodgers is maybe the best hitting lineup I've ever seen. It's just, it's just silly one through nine. It's going to be a team that we're stacking a lot all year. So, yep. Um, this is definitely one of those spots. Load up. Um, the Minnesota side. I mean, I have I, honestly Buxton is so expensive, but he's so good at baseball. Um, I want I want Byron Buxton to have a full season. I really do. I, I just want him to stay healthy for a full season because I really want to see the numbers that he can put up for a full year. Can he do it all year? Who knows? Um, what are your thoughts here on Minnesota? I mean, we got Correa. We got they got some righties in this lineup now. Yeah, I mean Buxton, he's just so good. I think I read a stat the other day that like last half season he has like thirty home runs. He has three hour a this season hopefully it's a fourth one tonight because i bet on it like a big old dum-dum but i regret nothing but yeah hold, on, I mean, hold I... on you took it it was like two to one it yep. was like plus two all right yep. all right yep. right here i get it i get it yeah um but yeah buxton and he was going up against flex and he doesn't strike anyone out and gives up tons of hard contact but that's beside the point uh buxton yeah just super good correa solid option blanco Sano is sitting at 4,100. He can take the ball. Like, you're home run hunting here. I, I'm fine with stacking it, but I prefer just home run hunting. Sanchez and Urshela, both of them are far too cheap. Both of them have the platoon split. Both of them, I think, strike out a decent clip, but I really don't care. Both of them can absolutely take them out of the ballpark here. So I'm just going home run hunting. And any one of these guys are fantastic shots at a home run. Like it. I do. All right, that game. I mean, we've had some games where it's like, all right, you know, I'm super excited, and so I'm I'm getting pumped already about this slate because I think this slate's setting up to be a really good one. So we got Kansas City at St. Louis, eight and a half total in this game. The Cardinals are a minus two hundred on most books. Um, we got Hudson going up against Lynch. Uh, any interest here in Daniel Lynch? Uh Oh, yeah, it's Daniel Lynch, not Dustin Lynch. Dustin Lynch is a country singer that I always get mixed up. Uh, no interest in Daniel Lynch. Sub 20% K rate. He's above average walk rate guy. Doesn't get ground balls. Doesn't get soft contact. Guys just hit the ball hard. The Cardinals have over a five implied team total. I get he's cheap, but I, I'm I'm not going there. Yeah, I just, I don't have any interest. This is a very right-handed heavy lineup. I mean, that kind of, that kind of sums it up in a nutshell. Um, it's going to be tough to play left-handed hitting pitching against this lineup pretty much all season because their normal lineup is a lineup that only has usually one or two lefties, and now they're just going to throw all these righties in there. So no real interest in Daniel Lynch. Um, you know, going to the other side, Dakota Hudson, 6,300 going up against Kansas City. Eh, maybe. 
I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm on. You're not getting a huge amount of upside, so he's a guy that I kind of want to wait and see how many people are playing him because if everyone's going to play him, then it's probably a decent fade just because he doesn't have good strikeout ability. I mean, sitting 17.6% K rate last season, I mean, not a huge sample size, but he's still not a great strikeout pitcher. We don't know how late he's going to go into the game, but he should be able to limit contact. There's a 3.7 implied run total going up against him, so I'm guessing he's going to be the chuck on the slate or on, along with Sandoval. Uh, I think that'll be the main two pitcher build, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's cheap and he's got a low implied total against him. It's ground balls. I have no problem with him. Yeah. Not like a ton of upside strikeout wise, but the upside of getting through five or six innings and picking up a win. Yeah. I mean, that's where the upside is. Which just, at this point in the season is pretty solid for 6.3K. Yep. Um, bats in this game, anything standing out to you here for Kansas City? I mean, Perez, maybe Dozier. But I think the only other name, win. I mean, the other name I think we got to mention is Mondesi. Just because if this dude gets on base, he's stealing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. his upside is high just because of the stolen base upside. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, it's just not really a great spot. It's not cheap anymore either. No. Uh, St. Louis bats. I mean, I got a lot of interest here in St. Louis. I think they're a team that could potentially fly under the radar. Goldie, O'Neal, Arnado, DeYoung, batter. Like, all right, we, we're talking some really, you know, solid righties against left-handed pitching. Yeah, no, all those guys hit left-handed pitching really well. They have a 5.1 flight run total against them. They mash lefties, and Lynch is not a good pitcher. Um, maybe will be one day, but as of right now, definitely not. And O'Neal, he's O'Neal, Goldschmidt, Arnado. All three of those guys sitting at over 5K, but all of them have a 300-plus ISO going up against lefties since the beginning of last season. They all can take the ball out of the ballpark easily. And then, I mean, DeJong and Bader, if you need some cheaper bats or and 4K, respectively. No problem with the stack here. And Goldschmidt, Arnauto, and O'Neill are probably three of the favorite state of bomb today. All right. Um, I think that's it from St. Louis. Moving on, we got Colorado at Texas. This game currently, it's at 10.5. It opened on some books at 9.5, kind of 10.5 everywhere now. Um, When I wrote it down, a little while ago, it was, it was ten and a half. So, or nine and a half. Sorry, or ten and a half. Now I'm confusing myself. It when I wrote it down like an hour ago, it was nine and a half. It's at ten and a half most books now. Um, Rangers a one fifty favorite in this one. We got Perez going up against Chad Cool. Uh, any interest here in Mister Chad Cool? Let's get pitchers. <laughs> I mean, I I do not have. I do not have interest in Chad Cool, and I don't know if this is the spot for Martin Perez, but he's always someone that, like, I feel like we have to mention just because he's such a good ground ball pitcher, and he's 5.8K on a slate with a not a ton of pitching, but I just don't know if he presents the upside as some of these other pitchers today, and I mean, I mean, he's yeah, terrible yeah. against righties, too, and they're going to throw five, six, seven righties at him in this spot. Yeah, no, I, this is just a rough spot for both pitchers. Um, yeah, I mean, the 
10 and a half total for the game. It, it's that simple. They're, they're probably going to open the dome, I think, tomorrow. It's 80 degrees, but neither of these pitchers are any good here. Uh, no desire to play either of them. I mean, I feel like we keep talking about bats, but I mean, that's why the slate is so juicy because their bats are just so good. You got Joe Bryant, Crone, Rogers, Gritchick, if he's in there, like a lot of strong righties in this lineup. Yeah, I don't even hate Blackman there at 3,700. All these guys are super cheap here. Um, Bryant's far too cheap at 4,300. So is Crone. Man, like Blackman, I, I, I like the Rocky stack here. Even though it's not in cores, I like the Rocky stack. I mean, this isn't the same Rockies lineup as it has been either. I mean, it's a way different, like, looking Rockies lineup. So, um, the other side, any interest here in the Texas bats? Yeah, I think Seager, Simeon, Garcia, Lowe are all pretty solid. Um, not really a ton of great hitters outside of that. Maybe maybe Garver, if he cracks the lineup at 4,200, is not a bad idea at all. Um, Calhoun, if he's in there, either of them. They're both cheap. It's not a bad way to round it out. I mean, they have a 5.9 implied team total here. Like, they're the heavy favorite in a high total game. Yeah, stack them up. Corey Seager only went to Texas for money, right? Well, I mean, why else would you leave the Dodgers? I mean, I just, in general, I feel like there's so many places he could have went. Yeah. Yeah, no, Texans aren't going to be – or not Texans – Rangers aren't going to be great anytime soon. I mean, the lineup is not as bad as it's been in years past. You know, Simeon, Seager, Garver, Lau, Garcia. I mean, it's not terrible. Calhoun. They're not. They're not a bottom five team anymore, but they're unlikely to compete. Yeah, I mean, the lineup is not one that like. Oh, oh, who's facing Texas today? I'm playing that pitcher. I think that's kind of where this lineup has shifted a little bit. You know, there's some major league hitters in this lineup now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Moving on. We got Houston at Arizona, nine and a half total in this game. The Astros, a 135 favorite. Garcia against Bumgarner. Any interest here in Luis Garcia? I mean, I don't like the price tag of 9.4K. If you have the money and you can't get up to Darvish, then yeah, Garcia is probably the number two option for me here. I mean, he's 27% K rate guy going up against a not great Arizona team. So I don't like the price tag, but all the, all the numbers kind of line up here where he's a pretty solid overall play. If you can afford him. Yeah. I mean, this guy really did not pitch bad last year. I think, it's just it's price more than anything, kind of like what you're talking about. Um, I would assume the roof is going to be open in Arizona for this game. So I, I think Garcia is playable at 9,400. If you if you have the salary, if you if, if you want to maybe pivot off a of Darvish at the top, and um, I, I can tell you one thing though, Grant, I am not playing Bumgarner. Nope, he is hot <laughs> garbage, and Astros are good. Yeah. Um, I don't play lefties against the Astros anyway, but zero interest whatsoever in um, Bumgarner here. Only 68 pitches last time out, um, three innings, labored through those three innings, could not control the baseball whatsoever. Um, zero interest in Bumgarner. And then on the Houston bats side, a lot of interest in Bregman. I think he's kind of underpriced in this spot. Um, obviously, I think the whole Houston team is interesting here, but 
Bregman really stood out to me when I was looking at this slate before we got started. Yeah, no, Bregman's the clear underpriced guy sitting at 4,500. I mean, Bob Gardner, even though he's trash in his old age, he's still not a horrible pitcher going up against lefties. Still gives up a decent amount of bombs. Gave up 1.91 versus lefties last season per nine. And so Kyle Tucker, Jordan Alvarez, if they're going to draw some lowership, I don't mind playing either of them. But Bregman's the key guy here. And then Altuve, if you have the money to pay up for him, he's probably a little bit overpriced, but not when you consider he's going up against Bob Gardner at 5.2K. And then you can just round it out with any one of the random cheap guys at the bottom of the Houston lineup. Any interest in the Arizona bats here? Probably not. I mean, Garcia's a solid overall pitcher. I mean, Varsho, Cattell Marte, Walker are like Cattell's just actually good, but Varsho, Walker, Beer are all cheap. So any one of those guys you want to throw in the lineup, go ahead. But it's not a great matchup, and you're you're just kind of using them for salary savings. I mean, Garcia is a good pitcher, and half the battle was just his price um, for me anyway. We finished it out with San Diego at San Francisco, seven and a half total, lowest total on the slate. Pick 'em game. We got Darvish going up against Alex Cobb. Um, any interest here in our boy, you Darvish? Yeah, I think you have to. I mean, I have a problem with the 10.1K price tag. He did get up to 92 pitches in his last start. So it should be close to 100 here it's in San Francisco. It's not going to be terribly warm, sitting at 48 degrees. They're a solid overall hitting lineup, um, but there is definitely some strikeouts in that lineup. I think they're at, what, a 27% projected K rate in their projected lineup. So the strikeouts are absolutely there. Um, it's just, can you pay up for them? And if you can, I think you do. I mean, I think you nailed it. 92 pitches last time out. Um, at, at 10-1, this early in the season, the only way you're you're playing him is if you think that a hundred pitches is possible. And the fact that he threw 92 pitches in his first start kind of tells us um, he did not look good. I'll say that in that Arizona game, he did not look good. He was struggling with command. He was walking guys and he was struggling to find the strike zone. So two things with this spot. One, I want to look and see what umpire he has. And two, I mean, he's you Darvish. So I think he could bounce back here. I think he's one of maybe two or three pitchers on this slate that can get 30 plus. So I think he has to be in play. Um, Alex Cobb on the other side of this game. I think, I think Cobb is like one of the best tournament plays. Did you see all the reports from spring training about like Cobb picked up like three or four miles an hour on his velocity? Yeah, he was hitting 97. Like, that is super interesting at 7K going, this Padres lineup is kind of weak right now. This is not a fully healthy San Diego lineup. Um, I have interest here in Alex Cobb. Yeah, he's got to be right up there with Sandoval. He's one of the best plays on the entire slate of pitcher. I mean, he's 7K, sitting too cheap, uptick in velocity, was still an above-average K-rate guy, good ground ball pitcher, like solid overall pitcher last year. So why he's at 7K, I don't fully understand. Um, yes, even without Tatis in the lineup, this Dodgers lineup is still pretty solid overall. It's a good lineup, but they have under a four implied team total. You're getting a guy that's an above average strikeout 
guy with one of the lowest team totals going up against him. Yeah, I think Cobb, Sandoval, probably two top overall options, maybe Lazardo in there. Um, but yeah, I mean, Cobb is just an actual good pitcher and with everything coming out in spring training, he could, he could be one of the top scoring pitchers on the slate. We just, again, you never know how far a guy is going to go into a game this early on in the season. Yeah. I just, I mean, the matchup's fine. Um, and Cobb had good numbers last year with lower velocity. So I think Sandoval, Cobb, Hudson really suggests that you're paying down at pitcher on the slate and paying yeah. up for hitters. So any interest here in the bats for San Diego? No, not really. It's Cobb's a solid pitcher. It's 48 degrees there. I mean, Machado's obviously in play. Voight's probably a little bit too cheap. But outside of that, I'm probably staying away from these Padres bats. I was staying away from bats in this game in general. Um, yeah. Lowest total on the slate. A lot of great spots. I don't even think like one-offs make a lot of sense in this game because, I mean, it's not like there's a ton of cheap one-offs. Um, yeah, I, I just – for me, this is just a spot. I'll probably just fade these bats and play the pitchers. Yep. All right, morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here. Under 8,000, who do you like to get six or more strikeouts? Cobb. All right, I'll take Sandoval. I think that's the yeah. that's the two choices today for sure. Uh, over 8K to score under 15. Who's your bus pitcher today? Kikuchi. I like that one. I'm going to go Heaney. I think that he could get touched up a little bit here by Minnesota. So I'll go Heaney. Um, give me a hitter over 4,000 to go yard today. Uh, try to find someone not super expensive. I'll go Alvarez in a lefty-lefty spot. He'll, he still might hit bomb. I'm going to go with one of the hottest hitters in baseball, Nolan Arenado. I like it. Under 4K to get two hits. What do you got? I'm going real low. I'm going with Mancini. I like it. I am going to go back to someone. If you read expert survey yesterday, you knew that I liked. Um, I'm going to go back to the well on Marcel Ozuna and hope it works out better this time. Give me a stack to score six or more runs. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go with the Cardinals. St. Louis. I like it. I mean, there's so many today. I'm going to, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Colorado. I'll go Rockies. Uh, any bets over under is anything standing out to you here night before? Uh, no, not really. Yeah, I don't really. I really, I'll say this. I think the Rockies have a legit chance to beat the Rangers, so I don't mind them at plus 130 on a couple books. Um, I think there's some value in that bet. So, Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, I'm just happy baseball season's back. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Everybody would be happy for like a month, month and a half, and then. It'd be like, eh, so. 
All right, that's going to wrap it up here for Tuesday. We'll be back Wednesday talking more baseball. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you then. Take it.